Shooters, week four of Hoop Troop is upon us. We have another great episode with the usual suspects, the troopers, talking about the boys' districts dropping last week. We have all the information you need, uh, potential winners, predictions, great matchups that are coming your way, and a potential group of death in 3A. We appreciate all your support. Best thing you can do for us to continue supporting is telling friends about us, about the Hoop Troop, about Shooter's Touch, um, wherever you catch your podcast. If you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate five-star rating and, and drop a review there as well. It helps push us out a little bit more to uh, more people. Um, again, we appreciate all the listeners and enjoy week four of Hoop Troop. You can't guard me in the paint, I'm an artist. See, I hustle on the flow, call me Rick Ross. See the troop get it jumping like a tip off. I play hard till I hit a rep, blow the whistle. I'm a player, but my game be so official. Shooters, welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Troop. We got the troopers in the house. Uh, we have football on the TV, so if anybody gets excited, specifically me, that's uh, good news for the Niners. Um, and I got the guys with me to break this down. Uh, 3A, 4A districts released. Uh, we're going to break down a few of those, take a look at uh, what's to come, what we're excited about, um, and hopefully maybe help uh, head uh, a little bit of a change in the system. I know a few of us have a, a few opinions on ways in which this can get better. We'll get to that. Um, Adam, how are things going your your way? We're great. Happy to be back. Um, excited to hear thoughts on the districts and um, just talk about who's playing who. And yeah, like you said, maybe uh, be uh, be the start of some change here, possibly. It's got it's got to start somewhere. Um, uh, one of one of our voices in the room tonight was the leading voice in getting the shot clock, and it worked. So, Doug, congrats on that. <laughs> Well, I'm, not, I'm not sure about that. I don't want to take, I don't want to take credit for it. It was just something that bugged me for a long time. One of it's about 30 seconds too long for him, though. <laughs> Got to get it out. That's yeah. right. So, all right, guys. Well, let's jump right into this. I know we're going to break down um, two districts apiece. Uh, well, Tony's filling in. He's got four, but he, that's easy for him. So we're going to go down and we're going to break down two, um, get a little bit deeper dive into them. Um, and then once we get a little bit further down the road here and start looking at some pairings, obviously we'll circle back and talk on this. Uh, but before we do, we kind of we talked a little bit last week, but but the system um, and how it goes about. We had a little bit of a history lesson. Um, from Coach Tom and, and, and Coach Larson here uh, of how this all came about and why and how and trying to solve this puzzle. But, Doug, there's got to be a better way, right, and, and able to figure out how to seed this and how to figure out who should play who and get it. So the ultimate goal is, I mean, the best eight at state, right? Uh, I, would, I would think that would be the ultimate goal. I mean, it just seems like every year – we talk about this at nauseum and there's always seems to be three of the best teams are in the same sub state or the same district. And it's like, okay, there's gotta be a solution for this. Other States have figured it out. Why can't Iowa at least give it a shot and try something different? Because um, I don't know. It just, it, there's, there's gotta be a way to not have four of the top nine teams I, according to BC Moore, in the same substate, that just makes no sense to me. It's like we got to we got to figure it out. And so, Tom, I, obviously, looking up your guys's neck of the woods, this has kind of been a big problem um, as far as the northwest corner and a lot of talent, a lot of really good teams. And so, is there is there a better solution? Is how did we get to this point? And and what do you think um, could be a step in a, in a new direction? Well, I, I think you're right. Up here in Northwest Iowa, especially historically in two way, it's been the big problem because two way. I mean, they've 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 dominated the state tournament whenever they've gone down there. Last year it was uh, Western and Boyden Hull in the in the championship. Um, I think that game might have even gone overtime if I remember right. And this year, four you know four of the five top teams are up there in two way. Uh, I think BC Moore is a perfect way to do it I mean it's if you look and if you look at it historically the teams that have done the best it kind of comes down to how those how they rank uh, with BC Moore and I think we need to get away from worrying about the travel part uh, you know even if you divide the state in half versus quarters you know and just say listen you know we're, we're at least 
maybe it's unrealistic to have a, uh, you know, somebody travel from uh, Iowa City over to Hull, Iowa. But I, you know, if you divide I-35, that's not a bad trip, no matter where you are, especially to get the best teams there. Yeah, and I, I think that's ultimately got to be the goal. And so, Larson, what what are you thinking? Is this something that uh, we can continue to chop away at? Yeah, you know, I and and I'll be a little bit of the contrarian of the group. Like, I do think there is something to be said for every region to at least get represented, you know, and that should be a little bit what a state tournament's about is, you know, hey, you win your region and then you come to state tournament. I will tell you, Aaron Thomas and I, uh, about five years ago, put together a proposal and gave it to the state, which, uh, um, you know, obviously it didn't didn't change. And it, it he kind of worked with some some media with regards to that, too. And one of the things that for me would be such an uh, I guess would be inspiring for me is I think we get so focused on the state tournament. I wish that everyone would focus a little bit more on the entire tournament. If you think of the NCAA tournament, it's not just about the final four. Like opening weekend is probably the best weekend of the NCAA tournament. And so for me, just my personal opinion, and I hear what everybody's saying, but I would like to split that up a little bit regionally and make it so that the whole state tournament matters. And maybe winning your region is equally as exciting as going to the state tournament. I will tell you, sometimes those sub-state games are the most exciting games that I've coached in. So while I agree with you, I think one thing to, to think about is, do we want to just make it all about the state tournament? Or do we want to make the entire tournament exciting and fun and exposure for kids? You know, maybe you make an all-district team, and those all-district team, those kids are highlighted at the state tournament so that we get more, more, um, you know, notoriety for those really great players, or, or, you know, maybe you get to a sweet 16 and all 16 teams, even if they don't get to play at the state tournament, they get recognized at the state tournament. So there you go. There's my, my only thing is I I do think you want to ultimately do that, but I also think there are a lot of great games and part of the fun of a basketball tournament is to celebrate all those great matchups. Doug. I think you're on to something, Chris. I, I think having – we can still do our uh, individual districts or sub-states. I think that's – you know, you kind of have your little region, and that makes total sense. But why don't we, when we get to the Sweet 16, and then seed them after that? Right. So yeah. now you've got one through 16. Now we've – now now so we'd actually have two teams coming out of each sub-state. And now you it. seed them, and you have – you know, now Spencer might play um, uh, Keokuk and you play it in Webster City or wherever, you know, you have a central location. So you would have eight eight games that would have a neutral site. Right. And you got one playing 16, two playing 15, and you do that on a seed system, you know, where you get points all season long or, you know, however the seed system. I know South Dakota does this. And if you can actually go on Varsity Bound, South Dakota, and if you click on their boys basketball, click on standings, and it says view seed points formula. And it actually has the formula right on there. Everybody knows exactly what it is. You get points for certain wins. You get points for losses, depending on different records. Um, but it's right on there, straightforward. And coaches know, okay, this is where we're at in seeding. If we win, this is where we're at. And I don't know, that just seems like it would make a little bit more sense because you could still keep it regional up to a point and then once you get to a sweet 16 that's awesome all these teams are in it and now now we kind of have a tournament and if you think about it the football when you make the 16 teams in the playoffs they're all recognized they all get recognized at the dome they get the big throat you know and that's kind of making state yeah yeah i like the idea of celebrating the tournament just the postseason play a little bit more as you mentioned larson and i think that that's something that uh there's there's definitely a way to do that and then work in some seedings and make sure that you know i think the other thing to to get that needs to be addressed is just um who you're going to play or at least kind of knowing what you're playing for and not just waiting for the names to drop out of the hat to where you're going to be at and having a little bit of say in um what's going to happen and what your future holds 
Uh, Tony, what are your thoughts uh, on the, the way things go about and a possible change in the future? Yeah, you know, I've, I've been critical of the association in the past several years um, with the way that they um, don't always balance out these districts, um, especially as we touched on last week in, in 2A in Northwest Iowa was a, a real struggle for them. Um, I, I do wish that geography didn't play such a big part in, in the way that they put everything together. Um, I think in 3A and 4A, though, they've, they've improved over the last several years. Um, you know, uh, for a while there, Council Bluffs and Sioux City just had their own sub-state. And no matter what, a team from that area was going to come to state. Several years in a row, they got blasted in the first round. And we made a change where they're going to have to earn their way there by playing one of those CIML teams. Um, so I think in the bigger classes, they've done a better job of kind of eliminating the geography. Um, I, I do like Tom's idea of, of splitting the state in half and, uh, and using that kind of, I know you don't want Sioux City and Davenport teams in the same sub-state, which is fine, split the state in half cuts down on some of the travel and you still don't have teams from within 50 miles of each other always grouped together. Um, I, I think that uh, if we are gonna stick with this geography-based model solely, why not have them all come out before the season even starts? Like there's no point in if, if we're gonna have everybody playing the same teams all the time, why can't we know who's going to be in our sub-state and who we're going to be competing against at the start of the year. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I see the um, regions and locations, you know, playing a role in it to a certain degree in that, you know, if you're just like they do in the NCAA tournament, if you're, you're the highest seed and you're the best, like the closer to the home you are, um, you know, but then at what point, you know, and to your 16 team, Doug, and, and kind of waiting maybe and seeding out at that point. And now you've got neutral sites and how neutral is neutral and kind of figuring it out from there. Um, with computers and formulas and the way in which that we can track this data and everything now, it just, it's just getting to that point where it's like, well, why? Like, what's the other side of this now at that point? I mean, I understand, you know, things are just so much easier as opposed to some of the systems that they've tried in the past and trying to log that. But what's, what's the other side? What's the other side of the coin, I guess, on this, on why we haven't moved forward? Well, and I think that's what everybody's kind of asking. What, what, is, what is holding us back? Because travel is not, I mean, 20 years ago, maybe that was an issue. I, I mean, people, traveling is not an issue. People drive to Des Moines to Sioux City to work. It's like- I, it's, highway, tw highway 20 is four lane all the way across the state now. <laughs> you know, it's, it only took a gazillion years, but hey, it's a it's a quick trip anywhere. Right. Painful, Let's get it done. Pain, painful trip though. Twenty. Yikes. Yeah. I think Brian. Another thing that goes along with that though is is kids are all growing up used to playing in tournaments where they play pool play for three games, and then they get their tournament turned around in forty five minutes, and so. You know, you got to understand that, that it is different now with the way we can communicate and the things that we can do. And so, therefore, I think the expectations are higher from the, the parents and the fans and the kids. And so, um, yeah, I think a little more energy and effort has to be put into it. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's just it's 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 things are in place now that make it uh, almost too too easy not to do it. Um, and said the landscape has definitely changed in the fact that parents and teams and will drive wherever i mean we see it at the club level all the time you you'll drive wherever just to get a run at some different teams you know because we play around here we're going to play the same six to eight teams all the time and you want to play somebody different you have to go to the quad cities or like we did this weekend, go to Lincoln. And so it's just kind of part of part of the deal. Um, and so I, I think I think we'll get there. I, I don't know why I have the optimistic feeling, but I think we'll get there eventually. Um, maybe it's just a, a few more threads by our own Doug Deers to get us there, but well, I think it'll happen. So And Tony touched on last week, and I, I think it needs to be reiterated. Um, Chris Cuellar, who, who does a really good job, 
I know he is really working hard to talk to people and try and gather up information and ideas to, to get people more on board and happier with that. So he's doing a great job up there of trying to bring, you know, just some new young life and energy. And, and, and I think the best thing from him is he listens to people, you know, he looks to talk to people and listen. Yeah, that's what it takes. I mean, is you got to be able to take a little feedback and learn from it. And so, uh, like I said, I don't. I'm optimistic. I think we'll get there. So, with that, well, let's take a look at what we have. What what rolled out uh, this week? Three A and four A. Um, a lot going back and forth on our group chat as we we're preparing. Uh, not well, one as they dropped, and two then preparing for tonight. And so, as I said earlier, we're gonna try to do a little bit of a deep dive um, in two of them, break them down a little bit. What we like, maybe some upsets, maybe some predictions um really no rules here just uh have a lot of fun and, and talk basketball and um i didn't give you guys a heads up but tom let's start down your way um you taking, a, taking a look at 3a and 4a districts one and districts eight um take it away well uh in district one up here kind of i wouldn't say a surprise i kind of had a sneaky suspicion this year that uh they were going to send my crusaders down south again um they'd done that a few years ago back when i was coaching uh you know we get uh, sometimes you get caught into the same district same substate every year yeah but a few times they sent us down with harlan and atlantic and glenwood and that crew and uh sure enough that's what they did this year um you know uh, i had seen lamar's and healing play on tuesday and uh, we were talking after that how it was a wide open up in northwest iowa and uh i was Healing lost that game by three, but I kind of felt like they, they've been playing better. And, uh, and then coach Foster, you know, finds out he's, Hey, there's, they're sending me South. And so, um, you know, if you look at Substate one up here, uh, Spencer looks like they're going to be the favorite. They've, they got the top BC Moore ranking at three a, uh, they've got, uh, you know, kind of a marquee player in Carter Petzenhauser, but that being said, you know, they've had a couple tough losses this year. It's been, uh, I think with Lamar's uh, and my, you know, the sneakiest guy up here in Northwest Iowa is Adam Vanderscaff. He always gets his teams playing the best at the end of the year. And so, uh, you know, I think that's uh, uh, between Lamar. I, if I had to say it's probably, you know, Lamar's and uh, Spencer's to lose, but uh, Sergeant Bluff Luton, you just never count them out. And then if we, if we head down to Substate eight where uh, uh, you've got Harlan who, uh, Again, I don't know if you can if you can put a uh, a price value on winning a state football championship, but when you're used to winning uh, in any sport, and then you you carry that over to basketball, and you've been you've been ranked high all year, uh, they're going to be probably the team to beat down there. But again, uh, Carroll's in that sub-state. Carroll's had some success this year. Uh, like I said, I think Heelan's playing well. Uh, Lewis Central, who Heelan beat last weekend down at the uh, Nebraska Prep Classics, another team that's got some size. They've got some shooting. They got a little bit of everything. Uh, and so I think uh, again, Harlan's probably the favorite down there in three uh, A. Uh, but uh, I think there's two or three other teams that can they can also end up uh, sneaking out of there as well. And then you know we talked about four A a little bit. Uh, Tony did about splitting these guys up, and and you know that was uh, uh, I know that was a some contention with, uh, you know, the, the likes of uh, some coaches up here at Sioux City and Council Bluffs when they did that a few years ago. But it's uh, – I think it's proven to be a, a pretty fair way to do it. They, they've uh, they've sent uh, – this year they've sent uh, East High uh, is going to be over there with uh, with Ankeny. And uh, um, I think that's, uh, um, you know, between Waukee, Ankeny, and East, I think those are three teams uh, that are probably the, you know – the, the guys, the leaders there, you know, Sioux City North, Sioux City West, TJ, they, those teams have had trouble winning this year. So it's probably a, a three team, team race over there. And then Abraham Lincoln, you know, losing Dix has really affected them. They had a tough loss this week. Again, as I bring Adam Vanderscaff back up, Vanderscaff uh, took out AL in a double overtime game this week. And uh, so AL's adjusting. They still have some talent there, but, you know, you, it's life without Josh Dix is a, is a tough adjustment. And then uh, you throw in down there, you throw in Johnston and Dowling. And, uh, you know, uh, I, if I had to pick one of those coming out of there, I'm, I'm probably going with Johnston or Dowling because I just don't know how well AL is going to adjust. Yeah, no, I, I tell you what, Johnston, although losing uh, on Friday to Valley, uh, they're a team that I would not want 
um, to see anywhere just because they got obviously two players and Kramer and Lewis who can get hot and uh, can lead them like they did last year. Obviously, uh, second place team last year, uh, catch fire and catch it late and never know what could happen. So that'll be an interesting to uh, a one to watch for sure. And so uh, we like it. Thanks. Uh, thanks for that, Tom. Uh, Doug, let's move your way. Looking at a couple 3A districts. What uh, what do you got cooking for us? Six and seven, is that right? Yeah, I'll look at uh, Substate 7 first, um, where Pell is at, Bondurant, uh, North Polk, Winterset. Like I said before, you got four of the top nine in BC Moore in that Substate. So uh, I was actually co- talking to uh, the Winterset coach uh, earlier in the week, right when they came out, and I was asking him, how, how, what do you think of your draw? And he was he was kind of bummed because he didn't he didn't want to see Pella, um, but he doesn't want to see Bondurant or North Polk, North Polk either. Um, those are uh, some good teams, but that's a crapshoot, and, and really not substate because Clark is actually probably having their best year they've had in a long time. Um, but they play I think they play a lot of two ways uh, down there. Um, but I don't know I think you take Bondurant, Pella, Winterset. And North Polk, and I think any any four of those will come out of that substate. Um, then you look at substate six. You got ADM, Ballard, Boone, DCG, Gilbert, uh, Nevada, Newton, and Sadell. Probably comes down to to uh, to DCG and, and Ballard, but DCG got beat by Boone on Saturday. So you know, and Newton beat Pella on Friday. So it's. I don't know. Three A's wide open, and I, I have no idea. There's no dominant teams this year. I think last year you kind of look at Pella and, and Ballard as a top tier, and a couple years before that you had uh, Coach Larson's Norwalk and you had Oski were kind of the dominant teams there for a couple years. And, and this year, I, I have no idea. I, I, I don't know who's going to come out of any of these these substates. So it'll be fun to see what see how it all uh, breaks out. So if I uh, forced you to pick your 3A state champion right now, who do you got? State uh, champ. Uh, Cutting it down. Oh, jeez. Uh, you know, last year about this time, uh, I went to a Ballard DCG game. And I at that time, I tweeted out, I said, Ballard is the best team in 3A. And – I heard it from a lot of people in Pella and they were not happy with me. And I was just being honest. I'm like, they were good. So I'm not falling for that again, Brian. <laughs> okay. Nice, nice try. I thought, I mean, you, <laughs> I thought maybe it was he wide died. open. So I didn't know. I didn't know if maybe we had a, had a, had okay. a Fort Madison. Okay. There you go. Fort Madison. <laughs> Coach Wilson in the house. Coming out of Substate Five, huh? They there we go. It. Let's go. Yeah. So, all right, all right, Tony. Um, double duty covering for Ryan tonight, but let's uh, let's take a look first. Um, well, we're all in four A. You're all in four A. So let's. Uh, you have three, four, five, and six. So you start where you want to and uh, break them down for us a little bit here. Yeah. So Substate Three uh, is obviously headlined by uh, Cedar Falls and Valley. Um, if that Substate final does emerge. I think it's probably going to be the best one of the bunch. Um, Valley, I think a lot of people kind of expected to fall off the cliff after after Eli Raritan's injury, but um, BJ Windhorse just has them playing really good ball still. Um, Root Bajek has, has stepped up in a big way since Raritan went down. Um, and they've got a number of, of athletic defensive guards who that they, who they could throw at Cedar Falls and the potential uh, – Substate final there with uh, UNI commit Trey Campbell, who's averaging 26 or so a game. Um, and if you're looking for a sleeper in that substate, I would say Marshalltown is that team. Um, Armoni Thomas and Price or Prince Jala um, are a couple athletic uh, pieces in the backcourt there for the Bobcats. And they are actually the only team that played uh, Waukee within single digits last year in the postseason. Uh, losing by six, I think, to the, the really, really good Warriors uh, last year. Uh, so they've got some pieces that think that they or know that they can compete at that level and aren't going to be scared of, of Valley or Cedar Falls, whoever they're running run into there. Uh, over in four, I think Kennedy's probably your clear-cut favorite there. 
Um, John McCowan's got the Cougars playing really, really well right now. Um, like to switch up their defenses and throw a bunch of different looks at teams. And they've got a really, really good um, trio of guards there. Um, probably North Scott or Liberty would be the, the top contenders there. Uh, Ryan Kelly's got Liberty playing pretty well now. Uh, they're very athletic and go deep into their bench. And then Seamus Buddy's always always got North Scott ready to play come postseason time. Uh, down in Substate 5, this is a tough one. Uh, Pleasant Valley is the only undefeated team left in 4A. Um, and Coach Hillman's got them always playing that kind of slow, methodical style that's going to really frustrate teams with their long possessions. Um, but Iowa City West is, is loaded with offensive talent. So uh, if those two were to meet up in, the, in a sub-state final, I think whoever is able to dictate the pace there uh, would have the edge. Um, potential sleeper team there being City High. Um, they've had a, a kind of up and down year, but they always play West High tough. And if they are able to, to meet up there in the second round, anything could happen there. Uh, and then down in sub-state six, I think the favorite's got to be Prairie. Um, just a really strong physical team that likes to crash the offensive glass hard. Uh, they're very senior-laden, a lot of experienced pieces. Uh, Davenport North has a really young athletic team that could give Prairie some fits if they're able to speed that game up a little bit. And then Hempstead and Bentendorf both have um, – some really solid scoring threats. Uh, Hempstead's got the 6'11 kid, Cameron Sens, who's starting to get some interest from Iowa. And then Bettendorf, uh, sophomore wing, Caden Wilkins, who's um, the number one ranked sophomore over at, over at our site, Prep Hoops Iowa. I like it. I'm, I'm like taking notes and learning as you're going through. I love the breakdown. Um, to be able to take a look, especially because I feel like, as always, obviously, Central Iowa bias, we don't always know what the Iowa City, Cedar Rapids, and Quad Cities area looks like. And so I was interested to hear your take on Iowa City West um, and what you thought, where they were at. Um, Tom, what do you got to add to that? I just have a question. You know, we're talking about 3A being wide open. What about Wallard over at 3A? Um They've, they're about 10th in BC Moore. They play tough schedule. They're getting, you know, they're playing great. When there's no clear dominant, you take the team that's had the toughest schedule all year. And what I'm just – Tony, I'm what just, do you think? Have, have you seen Wallard play yet? I haven't seen Wallard play yet. I'm actually going to go see them play uh, Cedar Rapids-Jefferson tomorrow night. Um, but I think they've got a pretty manageable draw, if I remember correctly. I think their toughest um, – the toughest – test there would be assumption I think is who they're grouped with yeah. um but yeah I mean that's another school like Waller that's playing primarily for a schools throughout the year so who knows what'll happen there Doug you know, another team. I think they've been playing pretty well too who is that sorry Larson. Decora. okay yeah we might have to we might have to do some research into them as well I think they've been having a nice year they just keep popping yeah. up when when I see when I'm looking at things in 3A, yeah, they, they've they've been really strong this year. Um, they've actually got an interesting game coming up on February 8th. Um, they added a game against Fort Madison that's going to be played at uh, Kirkwood. So number one scoring defense against the number one scoring offense. So that one will be a fun one to watch here in a couple weeks. I know Ryan was high on uh, his. Xavier team so he said they were starting to get healthy so they'll be one to watch too and they're in sub-state four I think they have they them Washington and boy that might be it in that sub-state so they probably have a shot to get down there too I would say mm -hmm. all right Larson saving the best for last what do you got so you got um you're stick, sticking in 4A, too. What uh, what do you got? What substates you breaking down for us? I, I got to dip in just real quick to that 3A chat, though. Like, I'm going to tell you, I it, it is wide open. I agree. We said there are just a lot of really, really good teams, but no one kind of setting themselves, uh, you know, apart maybe right now. I, I'm telling you guys, though, just keep your eye on DCG in the end. I know they've struggled a little bit, 
sometimes you can hit if you hit that wall at the right time it actually helps like catapult you in the end of the year and if they can be be tough through this storm i just god they got a lot of talent i know runyon didn't play um on saturday which i'm sure i'm boone give it up for rusty hicks that was that was probably the game of the week there you know in terms of surpriser and uh he he's he's a new coach up there he came from ballard doing a great job but uh i just let's not for let, let's keep dcg right right uh right in our thoughts as we go forward well before we jump out of 3a i guess and go to 4a tom did you get have you seen lamar's what are, what are your thoughts or takeaway on lamar's lamar's community uh they've got caleb dreckman is six five point guard he's a really talented kid what again i've uh, Brady Williams was their re- second returning leading scorer. He blew his ACL out. So they Lamar's tr- has trouble finding other scores outside of Dreckman. And uh, I think that's going to be tough for him. They just uh, they rely on him a lot. And I think, you know, in, when you're handling the ball that much, it, it just uh, without a lot of uh, secondary help around you, it's going to be tough for him. And they're obviously in that sub-state one with Spencer. They're in sub-state one with Spencer. But I uh, Again, uh, you know, Dave Rowland does a great job. He's a tactician. He'll, you know, he puts his kids in the best situation. He runs good stuff and he's patient. Uh, he's, he's not, he's not afraid to run a minute off the clock and make sure they get the best shot too. So. Well, Doug all riled up. Don't talk like that. Uh, (laughs) I mean, that's substate, that's substate one too. I mean, Humboldt's had a nice year too, up in the North conference as well. Yeah. Yeah. Humboldt, uh, uh, again, I don't know a lot about them, and that's they're on my notes for this week just to find more out because they're fourteen to one right now. But they, you know, they don't rank high BC more. But again, you know, sometimes that's not their fault. But they can only play who you can play. Right. Yeah, that's uh, obviously up in my neck of the woods, uh, NCC, and so uh, I yeah, know hum- that they- hum- Humboldt's the team that it's on my notes to do a little more research this week. Good. Good. No, that uh, that's Substate one. Uh, should be interesting to watch there for uh, Class 3A. All right, sorry, Larson. Now let's go back to you. 4A, what do you got for us? 2A, Substate 2, uh, Ames, obviously, is kind of the team to beat in the state, and they got a, a really favorable draw. Interesting, though, they got a couple really well-coached program, and then I think one up-and-coming team in this to go along with. Uh, so keep an eye on, uh, you know, we all know Coach Fontana at Centennial and just know he's one of the, biggest bruising hard-nosed coaches that we have in our state and uh centennial i think has reeled off five in a row since christmas break they lost their first game out of christmas now is on a five-game win streak and uh you know he's not going to be afraid ames likes to slow it down and they really pride themselves in their defense but uh you know centennial won't be afraid to kind of do that same game with them interestingly too you also have des moines hoover who courtney henderson kind of will will be just fine playing that same style so that kind of could be interesting for Ames if they want to still play in the 40s. You know, they might be have a couple teams in there that would be willing to play that knock down, drag them out, you know, kind of style with them. I think the other team that deserves a mention is Des Moines Lincoln is nine and five. Justin Enerson is a really good coach, and he uh, he's been working his tail off down here, uh, just getting getting guys. They play all the time. He takes them everywhere. Um, and he's really doing it the right way. And so it's been fun to see. He's got some good talent, but um, he, I know he's also really doing a nice job to, to build some pride in that program. And they're, they're nine and five. So I don't really know. It's always interesting to know how the seeding will work out. Obviously, Ames is going to be the one seed. But then that two, three, and four, I, I think these next couple of weeks might, might factor in just a little bit. Yeah, I agree with you. That one, that'll be interesting to see. It's always, you see Ames, I feel like, and then we know how good they are, and then you kind of move off them. But when you dive yeah. into it a little bit more, it's, uh, uh, it'll be fun to watch. What what else you got? You have seven? Yep. Then I have eight, seven, which is near and dear to my heart. Um, so we, uh, again, another good sub-state with, uh, I, I kind of have two two teams lurking in it that, that I want to talk about. Um, the, the teams that I think are lurking are Southeast Polk and Urbandale. Um, again, just two really hard nosed, tough, tough, uh, tough minded teams. Um, you know, that Alan Jenkins, I think is one of the better coaches that, that there is in the area. And John Schmitz is having a nice year with Urbandale. So those two teams are, 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 I think really solid, good teams that, you know, I think Southeast Polk has already beat, uh, Johnston this year and they have a couple really nice wins. 
and uh, Urbandale's got nine wins as well. So two really good teams, but I would say the, the two top teams, again, this is always interesting because Indianola plays in the little Hawkeye. So then uh, how will the CIML teams treat them coming over? I think they probably are the, the two C, but you, you know, we'll see how the coaches vote that out. And then you have Waukee Northwest, who's going to probably be the one seed there. I mean, more than likely um, they, they, they stubbed their toe a little bit, but again, <laughs> against really, really great team in, in Ankeny um, who came out shooting, shooting lights out. And we know that they, they had lost to Ames. So, you know, Waukee hit, hit a little tough part of their schedule, but uh, you know how, how much we think uh, Brett Watson around here. Well, so Brett left Indianola um, and I, I coached with both these guys uh, and Indianola's new coach, Jeff Ebling. So they all, we all coached together at Norwalk just three or four years ago. And uh, so I could really see a sub-state matchup between Indianola, which would be Coach Watson's former team, and Northwest's current team. So it's kind of high drama, I would say, in that one. They played in the pride scrimmage to start the year. And it was a really fun up-and-down game. Uh, both teams not afraid to get up and down the court. And uh, if they end up playing in the sub-state game, it, it, it will be really fun to watch. Yeah, that will be interesting to keep our eye on. Um, you mentioned Southeast Polk, too. I think the thing with them is, obviously, they have good guard play, and then they have the big kid inside, too. Yeah. And so they, weird man, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so they'll, they'll cause some problems some, for some people too. I mean, it's just, you know, whether or not they have enough firepower uh, to get by the likes of Northwest or even Indianola, who knows, but still not somebody well, that I'd want to match up against. And interesting. So Indianola has had been playing really well, um, beat, beat DCG by like 30 on Friday, but they stubbed their toe lost to, to uh, Pella Christian on Tuesday, who is huge. So then as you look at that in a potential two, three uh, matchup, possibly with Southeast Polk, do, do the, do, does Indianola figure out how to play against those big guys? You know, cause I, you know, that was something that gave him some problems against Pella Christian and uh, Southeast Polk has Proctor in there, which is kind of a weird, weird little matchup. So a lot, lot to get to before then. And, and uh, a lot of good coaches in both those regions. Yeah, I agree. That uh, be fun to watch. Can't wait. Like you said, some of these, I feel like we know or have a pretty good feeling what the seedings are going to be. Um, obviously, once the seedings come out and we know some of the matchups, uh, I can't wait to break them down a little bit more. Uh, before we uh, turn off of districts, anything else for anybody to add before we move to some of the games that we saw this week? I'm going to change my pick. Okay, who are you going? <laughs> 3A. This is 3A Can state I champion. Yep, 3A Can state I champion. I'm going to go with the Carroll Tigers. Ooh. Oh. All right. I'll probably change next week, too. So, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll ask you again next week. Like 10, you're bound okay. to have one, right? What's Same. that? Yeah, that's right. Like 10, you're going to pick one of the winners. That's right. That's right. I'm going with Carroll Tigers. Carroll Tigers. All right. Okay, then as uh, let's take a look at some of the games that we uh, kept our eye on this week, some things that jumped out to us. Um, and let's start back down with Tom. Tom, what do you got? Well, who'd you see? Anything you liked? Some some fun well, up your again, way. I'm going to give, uh, again, I talked a little bit about it earlier. Uh, um, Council of Abraham Lincoln came to town uh, without Josh Dix. They played already. They played Thomas Jefferson, but they really hadn't been tested. And Sergeant Bluff had, you know, kind of an up and down season. You know, Sergeant Bluff, uh, you know, under 500 had not uh, – you know, they, they lost a lot of kitchen last year. But, again, as we've talked before, Adam Vanderscap does as great, good a job as anybody get his, getting his teams playing well at the end of the year. And uh, double overtime win for SBL over Abraham Lincoln, 65-60. So that was probably my game of the week. But I do want to give a, one more. Uh, I know we don't do a lot of girls' coverage here. Uh, but I've got to give credit where credit's due is the Sioux City West girls came into Helan Friday night. Uh, they were 2-12. and 12. And Healing was number Healing Girls number one in the state in 4A, and uh, Betsy Bet, uh, Betker, uh, excellent coach, does a great job, and uh, they ended up beating Healing 48-45 in a, you know a game that uh, again that and that's what makes this so so much darn fun. It's is you know you get a, a team like that, and so uh, I had to, I told Betsy I was going to give her some props tonight because she did a great job of preparing her, her girls. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's something too going into, 
just the mental side of being prepared for that and then to physically yeah. go out and do it. Um, you know, it's one thing when you got a top 10 matchup, but you know, when you're struggling and to go yeah. in, that's awesome. Yeah. But, so it was, uh, you know, as, and again, I'm a healing guy, but, uh, you got to give credit. They, there was a, um, it was a, it was a great game by West, the West ladies and, uh, they, they earned it. So. Good. Well, good. I like it. All right, Doug, what was your game of the week and something you saw? Yeah. Um, you know, what's great. I, the one thing that's been good that's come out of COVID is almost every game now is live streamed. You know, I mean, you can go on YouTube and you can, you can pick up almost any game and you can go back and watch games. So I was kind of a free agent on uh, this week. I actually didn't go out and watch any games. So I sat here at my computer. I got a couple monitors, got the big screen going. So I, at one point I had Ballard and Carroll going at DCG in Indianola. I was watching the, uh, the Pelo Christian Indianola tape. And then we had the Lakers game on too. So I was, I was kind of a, uh, um, uh, a basketball world uh, on Friday night. So it was fun. All three games, Ballard uh, ended up beating Carroll uh, at the end, but that was a great game. Indianola pounded DCG, which which actually kind of surprised me. Um, and then Pella uh, Christian took down Indianola. That was kind of a shocker on Tuesday. Um, but Pella Christian, I'll tell you, that they're a big team. And the, the Skellhouse kid, I keep saying his name every week. I think he ended up with 24 maybe in that game. The kid is lightning quick. He can shoot. He's actually going to Dort on a track scholarship. Um, and then the Lakers game, who cares? I have no idea who won that one. So. <laughs> they're terrible. <laughs> well, LeBron's out, knee, knee soreness, but um, well, my, sorry, my go son's ahead. a big, he, my son's a big Lakers fan. His name is actually Kobe, okay. so he, he watches every single Lakers game. So we had to have that game on, but he's just getting pounded this year. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough, tough gig there. <laughs> um, one thing you mentioned, DCG Indianola. Um, again, touching on the on the girls game, I was really surprised. I don't know if you saw that score. The DCG girls, who are obviously very good, but Indianola's got a really good girls team down there. They just handed it to them. Did you have a yeah. – I think, I think they only, it was 29 to 46 or something like that. Yeah, I was – I watched kind of the second half of that a little bit. DC, they got some shooters. They're, they're, they got ball players on that team. Indianola's got a good team, and Grinnell's got a good team. They have really three solid – uh teams in in the little hawkeye but um yeah dcg is really good yeah they are i was looking through um i watched the johnston valley girls game this week and was hoping it was going to be a little bit of a game and johnston handed a 24 uh, it was it wasn't ever really that close and i was looking back at some of their stuff and i think to date still dcg is given johnston um their best game obviously a class below so uh, be interesting to to continue to watch those girls and see what they're able to do at, at Dallas Center Grimes. All right, Tony. Um, hey, hey, before oh, you move on, yeah, just uh, I, I got to tell you, Adam Jones. Did did either of you guys you or your Adam play against him? Would he been about your age? He's maybe a little older, huh? I think I actually he, played against him in an old man's league, so okay. I have He's played against him. <laughs> great, great shooter back in the day. Um, he is one of the best coaches we have in central Iowa, either side of the ball. And uh, I just think he deserves a, a big time props. Uh, he, he teaches those girls how to play that way. He does have some talent, but it's also, he does a great job. Um, and I just think he is one of the best uh, coaches that we have. Sorry to interrupt you. No, that's great. We would love that. We always got to get uh, coach Larson knows every coach in the state of Iowa. So we want to hear the, the story before we move on. He could really shoot you. I, I, I don't know, Adam, how he shot it in your old man's league, but he could fill it. Old, very old similar. Man, old, very man similar. Old, old man league can be very talented, though. You know, both one, <laughs> way, one way or another. But yeah, he still still got it. I guess he can he can still do it, from what I remember. All right, all right, Tony. Before we uh, get into your game of the week, any new gems? Ninety five. Can we add to the list? We can, yeah. Uh, on Friday night, I went down to uh, Columbus Junction. My uh, my father-in-law is the coach there now, um, so I saw them play Highland. The game wasn't very good, but added gym number 96. 96, got it on the tally. All right, let's keep it moving. Um, quest for 100. That's, uh, so you got to figure out how many there are 
in the state and then let's figure out where you're at in this tracker um and we'll see what we can get you on but uh what was your game of the week yeah so i popped on a live stream on tuesday night also and uh, i saw applington parker's bird uh, beat Gladbrook Rhinebeck 73 to 54. Uh, Gladbrook had been undefeated before that game. Um, Coach Aaron Thomas has has the Falcons playing a really fun, up tempo style. Um, and if you haven't had a chance to check out Applington yet, I would highly recommend uh, checking them out. Uh, really fun team to watch. Uh, Jaden Mackey, who's headed to Upper Iowa, had 29 points in that one, um, and they're just very very deep um with a, a number of different scorers and shooters who uh who can really fill it up in a hurry um but then on friday night they ended up stubbing their toe and then a weekend full of upsets lost to uh wapsy valley in overtime so that one was a little bit of a surprise on, on friday night yeah i was surprised by that because i caught um i caught most of that game tuesday and was really impressed with ap um just tons of weapons uh like you said Mackie's just clearly more athletic than everybody else um on the floor and so yeah I was I was super impressed and, and actually was impressed with Gladbrook too I think uh you know they're going to be just fine um moving forward but uh was surprised at Wapsy but uh Adam your guy up McCowan up there's got those guys always ready to ready to compete Mr. Marty always knows how to do it always knows how to uh put the game plan together for the uh, big games. Well, good, good. All right, Larson, what uh, what was one of your games of the week? I just want to tell you, I think last week I told you guys, I was saying keep your eye on, I think Ankeny and Valley were two teams I was like all over, and uh, they're, shoot, they're skyrocketing, and I'm telling you, both those teams are playing great, and, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about BJ. Brant Carlson, you know, what he's done in a short time at Ankeny is also really impressive. So, I just wanted to um, one brag a little bit and to continue to tell you, I just, I think we're going to keep hearing those two, two schools names over and over for the, about the next four weeks. Cause uh, they're, they're really good basketball teams. Um, I wanted to just shout out a couple upsets that, that were really great. I already talked, we talked about Boone. I, I think that, you know, kind of what Tom was talking about too. And it's just such a fun time of year because yeah, the good teams are getting better, but the, some teams that have struggled a little bit and not got as many wins, it's fun because they're trying to figure out ways to hang around and stay in games. And I'm telling you, and, and Tony would probably attest to this, the talent in, in our, our state right now is really good. You know, we have more people doing skill development. But I kind of like looking at some of these teams that are struggling and seeing if they can't make some coaching adjustments and some player adjustments, maybe a little more discipline and uh, figuring out ways to, to beat teams that maybe are a little bit more talented. And uh, so Boone got a huge one. Um, and then the, uh, the team I wanted to, to kind of point out that I, I really caught my eye is Newton. Um, Jason Carter is their coach. And uh, at, they have a kid, Adam Mattis, who just joined the Thousand Point Club. He's uh, been playing since he was a freshman. And uh, Newton beat Pella. Now, I'm just going to tell you, this is part of the game. And this is Newton's doing a great job of keeping themselves in the game. Pella also went 0 for 19 from three. Um, and you know what? You're not going to go 0 for 19 and win very many games. But that being said, it was a grinder. And Doug, you know, gets all mad about that. But kudos to Coach Carter. It, you do. You get mad when people grind. <laughs> you just want to shoot, shoot within the ball. five seconds. Shoot the and, ball. Uh, I just want to compliment, you know, you – the, the goal is to win the game. And some of these teams that maybe are a little undermanned are figuring out some ways to, to take care of the ball, you know, work on their ball handling, their passing, jump stops, making sure they're not turning it over and getting shots every possession, you know. And, and the other thing is some of those better teams will figure out, you know, maybe you got to put in some different types of pressure to, to speed the game up for those kids. Because if you're going to just sit back there and – let them play man there there or if you're gonna play man against them they're figuring some things out but uh yeah adam mattis led them to victory and they got nine wins on the season they're in that same uh dcg ballard substate and i just they could be a sneaky team that that uh could surprise us uh here in a couple of weeks yeah i think to your point uh it, it feels like the talent statewide 
the floor has definitely raised. Like you don't right. have the floor, the ceiling maybe hasn't bumped up a ton yet, but the floor has definitely gotten a lot uh, shorter. And so I think that's a great way to put it. That's a of, really, you kind of have just talent. Cause like you said, the club ball, the skill development, all that. Um, yeah, I would to, back to Valley, as you mentioned, uh, you know, we've talked about them twice kind of thinking maybe they would fade off into the, to the sunset, but they have, they've toughened up the big kid. Um, Tony and I don't, maybe you know, who, who is he had 31 the senior the big yeah. kid uh had 31 the other night against Johnston and, and played really well what it's what's his name is it, yeah okay yeah I was I was impressed uh with him and it was just too much inside for for the dragons and so it'll be yeah uh, BJ's got those guys cooking so all right, guys. Let's uh, let's turn to this week. Who uh... isn't Adam gonna bring up the game he went to? Oh I yeah, I, Adam had a game. Because otherwise, I would have. You know, I just was yep. waiting for Adam though. Adam, I was actually I actually walked in the gym. The first thing I looked looked for was Coach Larson, but uh, either he was hiding <laughs> or I didn't find him. So I uh, decided to sit by myself that game. But yeah, I went to uh, Grandview Christian and North Polk game Friday. Um, really, really good game. Um, I talked to a couple people. Um, before and they thought Grandview Christian would run away with it, but they got two really good guards. Um, I think one's going to William Penn. Um, cannot recall where the other one's going. Then they have a they, they have a six ten, six eleven big guy in the middle, who honestly could have played a little better. Um, before I get North Polk and Jevin Sullivan played awesome. Um, North Polk hit some really good shots. Had a good game plan moving in, um, and they, at 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 the end, Grandview Christian I believe won by three, four, five. Um, with a couple of big free throws, big shots at the end. And um, the big guy did come up big towards the end, just hanging around around the basket and just, just not letting anything down there. But great game, great atmosphere. Uh, the gym was packed. Uh, the crowd was loud. And, um, yeah, just I uh, – we you know, we talked about Substate and North Polk was mentioned a couple times. But I think they'll be a tough out too. They do have a mm-hmm. – what might be considered the group of death in, uh, in the three, a class, but, um, they might be a tough out there, you know, just, uh, and obviously with Granby Christian, you know, you talked about him uh, extensively coach, but, um, man, I, I do not see anybody in one, a even touching that team. Um, especially if they, if, if they play, if they did on Friday night, maybe if they go over 19 from the three point line, but, uh, you know, that, uh, that doesn't seem like it would, it would happen with them. So great game on Friday night here in, uh, you're an almond. Jump on the bandwagon. I was gonna say, if you have it, a one eighteen that can beat Grandview, that that's a DM to Chris Larson. Uh, he's, he's welcoming him. Um, before we get off that, Adam, jeans were of abundance on Friday night. Is that uh, oh. jeans? Jeans were of abundance on coaching staffs uh, for that one A school that we just mentioned. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's actually the first thing I noticed when I walked in. Oh, can't wait! Is, can't wait to tell the troopers about this. Walk, walk in the game is Coach Larson here, and are they wearing jeans? Those are the two things you got to do. Tom, <laughs> what do you got? Well, I was just going to let you guys know I was driving back yesterday through Sioux County, and I was driving by. I saw these uh, uh, farmers out there feeding some 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 pigs, and it was weird because they were in khaki pants and John Deere polos. <laughs> so maybe this is switching around. Maybe things have changed. Things yeah. may have changed. Yeah, we have definitely changed. The landscape has changed as far as appropriate sunlight apparel. But good. I think we should have a jeans night where we just encourage all coaches to wear jeans. Yeah, the coaches the coaches wears cancer. The sneakers doesn't work because yeah. they just wear sneakers all the time. So now Let's maybe it's blue jeans. It's <laughs> it's kind of like in the corporate world where you could like pay five bucks, ten bucks, or whatever it was. There you go. Jeans on Friday. Now we should start having these coaches have to pay to wear jeans on the sidelines. <laughs> coaches versus cancer, right there. Hey, trendsetters. So, all right, let's look at, oh, one more, Doug, what do you got? Hey, I actually, I do want to give a shout out to all the schools and coaches that do the, the coaches versus cancer and the suits and shoes. Um, I'm sure we've kind of all been affected by cancer. My father-in-law died of cancer. Uh, my dad died a year ago of cancer. And, and just all the schools, Pella did something uh, this past week. Um, Knoxville, I know, always does a huge fundraiser. Um, so it, I just think it's really cool when, when, schools and teams get together and, and do fundraisers and just awareness for, for um, different cancer events. So um, that was cool. I think Newton actually did something on Friday night. Everybody's wearing things. So just a shout out to those coaches for doing that. Mm-hmm. 
Couldn't agree with you more. I think Algona, the girls, they had their pink out. I think it was on Friday too. Uh, I saw a picture of uh, everyone in their pink and all that. And so it's it's neat. Uh, it's really cool. That's when a they big do that. pink shirt for Coach McLaughlin. Yeah, right. He, uh, <laughs> that's a big. That's a big shirt. They got. I sh I should have paid closer attention. They got a nice win. Um, they got a nice win. I can't remember. Who yeah, they, I saw that too. I can't remember who they beat, but uh, that was a good little win for me. It was Iowa Falls maybe, but. Uh, yeah, they got a nice little win up there that, they, that he was hungry for. So, all right, Tom, uh, this week, what are you looking forward to most? Um, nothing that I'll probably be able to see, but Friday is a big game down in Lewis Central as Harlan goes into Council Bluffs Lewis Central. Uh, there were two of my maybe four teams that I'm looking at in that uh, sub-state. They played earlier this year. It was one of Harlan's – or, I'm sorry, Harlan beat Lewis Central, but it was about a five-point game first time at Harlan. Uh, so that's, and I've seen Lewis central play. So I think that'll tell me a little bit more about what I think that substate's going to look like. Good. Doug, what do you, uh, like this week? Uh, I'm kind of a free agent this week. Um, not having kids playing anymore, um, has actually been really nice. You kind of open it, opens up the door to kind of travel, but, um, Pella plays DCG on Friday. So that'll be a good, uh, a good matchup. And just kind of looking at the schedule, there's a ton of good games coming up. Just, um in all the different conferences so i know i think north mahaska plays montezuma that's kind of like a, a duke unc rivalry around here they do not like each other so um harlan i think plays winter set maybe monday or tuesday so there's a, there's another good game so there's a lot of good ones on the slate good uh tony what do you got your eye on this week yeah, so I know that we won't come out until Tuesday morning, but there's a couple big ones on Monday night. Um, Grandview Christian is at AHSTW, the top two teams in 1A right now. Uh, and then Ames is at Ankeny, um, probably two of the top three teams in 4A right now playing on Monday night. Um, I'm going to head to that North Mahaska Montezuma game that Doug was talking about um, to see uh, the defending 1A champions and uh, a North Mahaska team that I think is um, a potential sleeper in 1A this year and, and, and definitely next year. So we'll add gym number 97 to the, to the count on Tuesday night. Yeah, spoiler alert. Jeez, you got to save it. Save it for next week. Um, and, and Tony, you know the schedules as well as anybody. It feels like there's a lot – a lot more Monday games or maybe just bigger Monday games. Is that, does that seem like it's a case to you? Yeah. Um, I think, I think that Ames Ankeny game is a rescheduled one. Um, that Grandview Christian AHSTW game was definitely on the schedule at the beginning of the year on a Monday night. Um, it seems like there's a lot of, of bigger Monday games on out in the Western part of the state um, over, over here in the East. There's not a whole lot going on on Monday nights. Gotcha. Yeah, it just seems like there's been a few. I mean, we kind of heavily look at Tuesday and Friday, but uh, um, taking a page out of um, Big Monday, I guess, on the college, the college side of things. Back in when I was in school, we called it Big Mushroom Monday. Uh, for some reason, the guys would fry up mushrooms and we'd watch the college basketball games. I never understood why, but uh, it all went together pretty well. Larson, what do you have? Uh, what do you have your eye on this week? Yeah, just a couple things, uh, you know. We talked a little bit about DCG earlier, and Doug mentioned they got Pella Friday. They also have Pella Christian on Tuesday. So they're kind of running a gauntlet right now and uh, have an Indianola Friday and then obviously lost to Boone. I'm kind of interested to see, though, how they respond this week against two really good teams after, after you know, what was a, a tough weekend for them. And then we've talked about this game for a while now, but uh, let's keep an eye on Van Meter and Des Moines Christian on Tuesday night. I think that's two of the better – two A teams in our district. And uh, I would be remiss not to give a shout out to um, our girls. I'll be there Friday night. They played Grinnell, who I think is ranked number two in four A. They're top five for sure. And I think they're them and DCG are leading our conference tied, but our girls are kind of like in that next tier and, and they beat Pelo uh, last week and they're on a five game win streak. So coach Martin does a really good job down here for, for Norwalk. She was obviously a, wonderful player um both in high school and at drake and so i'm looking forward to, to watching them see if they can't take that next step and beat a highly ranked team too yeah that'll be exciting is that that dmc game is at dmc oh, right? i think it's at dmc right 
Okay, Tony, sorry. Yeah. Put you Stop on the spot a little bit. Look. I think it. Uh, let me look. I think it, it is. is it's at Van Meter. Oh, it's at that? Van okay. Meter on Tuesday night. Okay. Yeah, that'll be a good one, and ah. I would I would assume is going to decide probably that conference, right? And uh, I I would think so. You I know, think... they beat Van Meter the first time, yeah. and. Um, you know, I think that's their only conference losses. So it would be, you know, Des Moines Christian can win the conference outright and Van Meter's obviously looking to at least get a share. Yeah. Yeah. Good. No, that's good. Um, Adam, anything you got your eye on this week? Yep. Uh, here in central Iowa, Waukee, Northwest and Johnston uh, play on Tuesday night. And obviously two very good teams that, um, you know, have we've we've mentioned it here on um, here on the podcast a couple times, but have stubbed their toe a little bit um, in the last couple of weeks. But you know, still two very good teams. So interested to see that. Um, will not be in attendance, but uh, definitely looking to um, or pay attention to that 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 score um, on Tuesday night. Yeah, and uh, mentioned it earlier. Best thing probably come out of COVID is the stream of these games and being able to catch and watch a lot of them. Um, just the exposure level is great. Uh, you get to watch more of these kids, celebrate more of these coaches, and enjoy these programs. And so, all right, guys, that uh, that does it for tonight. If you've held on with us this long, we appreciate it. Hopefully, we got you some information, get you a little bit more excited as we continue to move through this high school season. Uh, and as always, shoot or shoot. <laughs>